Hi, I'm Andriana Lozano. I am a third year journalism student at the University of Texas. Uh, hello, my name is Julie Ramirez and with and I am also a student at the University of Texas at Austin. And today we're gonna start off Max and Choose podcast, which loosely translates to the gossip podcast. Me and Andrana will be your hosts, and today we have Isabel to come join the conversation. Wanna introduce yourself, Isabel? Yeah, hi. Uh, I'm Isabel. I'm a senior at the University of Texas and I am a government major. Uh, so it's not going to be like the spooky podcast. Um, we're just going to have like a less structured way of talking about things. And today's topic is just kind of like Latinx or like Latino, Latina, Latine identity. Um, and how like that kind of plays into COVID, into college and COVID. Um, if anyone has any thoughts that they would like to start off with talking about. Uh, I just want to say college and COVID should be the title of the episode. Um, I guess I will start by like admitting my like lack of knowledge in this area. Um, I don't know. I don't know if Bandana has more information on it, but I, I, I was talking to Soli before this and it's like, you know, I have kind of stuck with what, whatever I've been given and I don't really you know, I don't really question it. And so whenever people tell me to change it, like I'll change it, but it's like, I don't really look into the reason why. So I don't know what you guys think about it. Actually kind of the same way. I find it like an interesting topic, but honestly with everything that's going on, it's hard to research things that are like not school related right now. Um, I don't know, I feel like, um, and like in regards to like Latina versus Latina versus uh, Latino and stuff, I was exposed to like in high school because like my, well, they're not my friends anymore, but like they would make fun of it a lot. And um, I don't know, I just didn't, like at first, you know, I was, how old was I? I was like 15 or 14. And I was definitely like, you can't change a language. And it sounds so colonized as if like the Spanish aren't white. I just feel like like the more you do research on it, the more you kind of deconstruct the argument against it. And I'm like, I don't know, someone as long as someone respects whatever, like if someone prefers to be called Latino, I'm not gonna go out of my way to call them like Latinx or La Latine. But if you go out of your way to disrespect someone if they want to be called Latinx or Latine, I will most definitely be disrespecting you on your thing. Like my brother, if he made a whole big deal about Latinx not being a word. So I went out of my way and called him Latina. Um, he did not appreciate that. And I was like, this is how people feel. And like, he kind of got the gist of it. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Sully. It's, it's such a difficult and complicated topic just because of the history there. But I think respecting people's preferences definitely one of the most important things. It's kind of like the she, hers, them, they, you know, it's just, yeah, I, I, I get what you mean. Um, I, I'll go by whatever is kind of my point. Um, but I, I do understand the education and the fight for it. Um, maybe I'll get into it. Like, I, I'm about to graduate, so I'll 
you know, this will be a conversation that maybe I'll have with myself on identity uh, in a little bit. I found for me personally, Latinx tends to fit best, um, almost because it is a newer word and I never really related to, I guess, Latino in the same way or Latina. Um, and I don't know, like I, I understand the kind of struggle there over the two different terms. Um, but for me personally, one of them just seemed to fit slightly more how I understood my own identity. I I was I I agree. I I for me the funny thing is like, sorry I don't know if you guys follow like Instagram influencers or something. Like there's a bunch of like like Latinas poderosas and like Latinx this and that. And I wonder if they like take it into consideration to the people that follow them. Because it's like they're so focused on like empowering like specific groups, even in the Latin community or Latinx, Latina, you know, whatever you want to call us right now. Um, and it's like it's all about empowering, you know, and education and like the workplace. And it's like, do they even stop to like consider, I guess? Um, or like, should they? Uh, I don't know. You know, I, I'm playing Latinas Poderosas because that's the one that I follow, um, and I think they're really cool. But it's like they're focused on women, so they like strictly use Latinas. Um, so, um. I don't know. I don't feel like that's a necessarily negative thing, mm -hmm. you know, because like Latina is a thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just feel like. I'm like in the same, I feel like I can use anything. I prefer not to be called Latino because I don't know. It just feel like at least call me Latina. Um, and I just think Latino sounds the least cool out of all of them. Like if we're going by basic shallow um, stuff. Cause I mean, I, let's be honest. We all consider the, the basic shallow stuff too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's because, how, um, oh no, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was like, because it's not like, um, like I identify as a woman, I was like, I identify with like the gender I was like assigned to or whatever. So like, it's not like, it's like from a place of privilege kind of, right? So compare that to someone who's like, actually like has like a struggle with their identity only to be called like something they don't identify with. At least we can all agree that we're not going by Hispanic anymore. Um, right. Which is still, which is funny to me because that's what we're still considered on paper. Um, I've seen some people change it, like some employers, because we're going strong with the um, job search right now. But uh, <laughs> like they'll, they'll, what I've been seeing is that they do like Hispanic slash Latino. And yeah. then they'll go, some of them go a step further and then they'll go like slash Mexican or something. And it's like, it, it's like, that's not the same thing. That's like a, you know, Mexican and Latino, you know, you don't have to be Mexican. Um, but they're trying, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I think we were talking earlier on Tuesday about filling out forms when it comes to ethnicity and identity, which is, yeah, really interesting because when it comes down to that category, 
I've always put down other. My brother has always put down indigenous and my sister has always put down white in high school. And none of us really know who's correct. What do you put, Sully? Um, I mentioned on Tuesday that growing up, my mom would always be like, oh, we'll put white because that's technically what you are. Uh, but then like the more I grew up, the more I realized, oh yeah, well, a lot of Latinos, not all of them, but like they have like high concentrations of like indigenous like roots. And that's not, but that's not how a lot of indigenous people measure like how close you are to them. So I didn't want to call myself indigenous when I didn't know a lot about their culture. So I just put other because I, I'm putting white down, even though like I'm really pale, <laughs> doesn't like seem right to me in a way. I get because that too. Like, oh, sorry, you go ahead. It was like, because like, I know like I'm really pale, right? And I'm probably white passing. Well, maybe not to some white people. I have been called out by some white people, but um, I always thought I was white passing, but like, I can't put, I don't feel putting white down acceptable because like my father and sister are not they don't look like me they're like a lot darker skin than I am and I'm like well I share some genes like with these people right I mean assuming my father is my biological father um <laughs> um so I don't know it just doesn't feel right to put either one down I just put other yeah I totally understand that and for me at least I can actually kind of trace my ancestry on both sides of my parents um, back a couple generations of grandparents but that actually just makes it even more complicated um, because I have a grandfather who is from an indigenous tribe um, in Bolivia but then I also have a grandmother who's white and American um, and my siblings and cousins you know we're very diverse looking and it just complicates things honestly so yeah other has always seemed like the right choice because while i don't necessarily have the connection that an actual indigenous person would have white doesn't really fit just because of my experience here in the u.s to me it's like interesting that you say that that's the right choice because it's like even if it is the right choice it's not like satisfying it's just kind of like what you're left with like you're, yeah. you don't even get to choose in a way um yeah so that's what, yeah that's what i mean kind of like that this is good that people are having this discussion even if you're not like fully part of it it's we get to learn as they get to learn yeah i feel always after yeah like you said it just it feels like the least wrong option almost and then Afterwards, it kind of leaves you wondering, like, how much does this really matter anyway? Yeah. Uh, I don't, it just feels really weird, especially like uh, tying back into college. Like, when I came, like, I grew up like in this bubble where I was like the white girl, right? I'm like really pale. Um, you know, it was just like, all my family members would be like, oh, yeah, esta muy blanquita, right? Um, and, like, I don't know, like, I grew up, like, in, like, Pleasant Grove. It was, like, majority uh, Latin, Latino uh, or Latine. And um, I want to say it was, like, specifically majority Mexican, uh, just because most of the people there I knew were Mexican. Um, and, you know, I grew up, like, in this bubble, like, my high school was majority 
um, you know, people who were like tied to like the Mexican culture. We had like a few like Salvadorians and stuff. But uh, when I came to, but like when I came to UT, I expected like and I remember telling my mom since I was like in middle school, it's like, oh yeah, when I get to high school, I mean, when I get to college, I'm not gonna experience like racism or anything because like, you know, I'm like white, I'm like white, you know. And my mom told me that I wasn't white. And then I was like, oh, I mean, I look white. I mean, y'all can see me over Zoom, right? And like y'all see me. Well, I mean, Isabel see me in real life. I was like, yeah, I could totally pass for white. And then when I got here, I quickly realized I, I do not look like white people. I have met two white people before in my life before I came to UT. And let me tell you, they they somehow knew I was not white. And uh, I don't know if I should tell y'all this before, but I was in my UTS class my freshman year. And um, one of the guys uh, would like mo moved away from me when he figured out where I was from because we were both from like the Dallas, well, I mean, I guess he knew what Pleasant Grove was, but um, he found out like where kind of I was from and like, he was like, oh yeah, that's where like Mexicans live. And he was like, I'm a dip. And he sat with different people. I was like, how rude. I went out of my way to like talk to this person and then only for him to like, not like me. I'm like, I didn't think he could tell, but you know. That's crazy. I yeah. honestly, you hadn't, I don't think you ever brought this up with me. Um, uh, one, I would have probably thrown hands, you know, um, <laughs> just like maybe like flip a finger, even if it's not physical. But uh, that I, I feel like here in Austin, yeah, I get what you mean too. I get it so bad and I hate that I understand it. It's like, but I, I wouldn't say it's like necessarily like about being mexican i feel like here specifically it's about class and like money sometimes where it's like you have to be a certain way so it's not like i feel like like i call them i call these people like the fake woke people because they like they're like oh my god racism like these were sometimes the people that are like probably you know oh i'm gonna i voted for obama or like i'm gonna vote for biden or something but then they don't realize that there's still other inequalities besides race and they'll still disqualify you on those other qualities. Um, like, like going back even to the like Latino thing, it's like the colorism conversation. Oh my God, do not get me started on that. Cause it's like, I hate watching telenovelas because they're so colorist. Um, so it's like, yeah, I, I, I'm sorry you have to go through that. That's terrible. Yeah, yeah, that really sucks, really. Um, but I totally agree with what you're saying, Isabel. I feel like I totally do see that kind of fake woke culture in Austin. Um, and I also see like a lot of microaggressions, I guess. Um, there's definitely a, an assumption, I feel like, with people to assume that because you're Latinx or even just darker skinned that you're probably lower income, which is, yeah, I definitely see a lot of that kind of stereotyping. I know like my roommate, she's, I've known her since high school. Uh, we met on the second day of high school and she's uh, darker skinned than I am. And um, I shouldn't say roommate, right? She's like my best friend, but um. <laughs> We met on the second day of high school and, um, you know, at first I didn't think like, 
colorism was too big of a deal, right? Because I'm obviously on the lighter side of the spectrum. And so I was like, you know, as long as you do certain things, like nothing bad's going to happen to you. Um, but, you know, she's obviously lived life like differently than I have. But it's also something she didn't consider, right? She was like, she thought uh, people were treating her differently because she doesn't, uh, just like for different reasons, people are just being mean. Um, but like recent, like, I want to say too recently, but like, uh, it wasn't too recently, but like we started talking one day and I was like, you know, I'm definitely like lighter skin than you are. I feel like some people will definitely consider that I'm white. Uh, not all of them, obviously, but like some of them would. And I was like, so I'm going to have these, I'm not going to go through the same stuff that you do. And she was like, oh yeah. And like, we started talking about things, the more we talked about it, the more uh, we realized that there's a whole bunch of like little things they would do. Like, for example, um, they would like be like rooted to her compared to me, even though like I consider myself to be like uh, really mean sometimes when I'm provoked. Like for example, in high school, we would hang out with a whole bunch of guys and they were like, just like really mean to her and they weren't as mean to me when I would go out. Of, like I was telling Isabel, like I would go out of my way to annoy them every day, but they would never tell me anything. And they would always have something to say to her even if she was minding her own business. And I don't know, because like there was another girl, she was actually white. They, she would also go out of her way to mess with them, and they also wouldn't say anything to her. So I don't, I don't know what you would make of that, but I feel like there's definitely some connection there. I think sometimes they do it without even trying because it's like this internalized thing. Um, I, I, and in high school, I don't know. I feel like I was really sheltered, but like I, I, I feel like I see it more, or maybe it's because we're more aware now, but like in terms of microaggressions it's like i hate there's two two pet peeves that i hate because they're like backhanded or it's like like in the workplace whenever you do something for someone and you'll get the gracias at the end or like how white people say sorry those don't be like gracias or something and it's like bro i i spoke to you the whole time in english you could just say thank you um or or whenever you get the you're pretty for a brown girl and it's like um bro just say i'm pretty that's it like let's leave it there huh um yeah. but it's like like why do they have to continue that i don't know and to them it's like normal like it's like that's them be nice um, or even the more like what are you or where are you from which is one i tend to get a lot um and it's like i've never moved like i was <laughs> born literally in the city so I, um and then as for the what are you it's just like i don't even know how to deal with that most of the time i try to stay away from that question but i, I now that you're bringing it up it's like since you get it a lot i guess what is a good way to approach it or should we even approach it at all um like that has been my debate for a while because sometimes it's like, I am not a very, I'm not good with conflict, like, at all. Um, so my tendency is to try to give an answer that'll get the person to kind of go away as fast as possible. Um, which usually just means saying, like, oh, I'm, you know, Latinx or whatever. Um, but the larger part of me just wants to say, like, why does it matter? Or turn the question around. It's like, would you ask another white person this? That's a good answer. I feel like 
my first answer. Like, like what immediately came to a thought was like, oh yeah, they ask what are you like? I don't know. I guess I'm a penguin or something. But then like it depends. Right? You can't joke around like that with everyone, right? Some people are gonna get mad. And then yeah. it comes like to that thing was like, oh, like where do you draw the line, like for your safety and stuff. You we should have invited a guy because I would like to see a guy's perspective on this. Just because guys usually, like women are like, like, good pop. No, culpable. Yes, sorry, that's the word. I'm trying to say it in Spanish. Um, but a lot of the times, how y'all are saying, like how slowly you're saying, like about safety and this and that. Um, it's because you're doing it. Like, you're annoying guys. You're being approached by men. This or that. Um, so I wonder if they have the same kind of experience. I would say no, but I don't know. Um, that's kind of one of those intersectional things where it's like you're a minority and you're also a woman. So we should have invited a guy, <laughs> but there's only one guy in Mac. <laughs> um, so if you listen to this and want to be on, let us know. Just like DM us on Instagram. If you text us back, we can just um, collect a formal invitation to anyone. Okay, I'm gonna ask a question. Like, did y'all's dad ever like help out like your mom in the kitchen and stuff, like with cleaning and stuff? Yeah, I see Isabel saying yeah. What about you, um, growing up, not really, but it's actually been funny since COVID started. There's been like a huge difference in their relationship as far as like helping each other more, I guess, which has been kind of cute to see. So what about you, Philly? <laughs> Dad can be really good and, you know, he has his pitfalls in some places and like, he, this man does not want to cook for the life of him. And it's like so irritating sometimes. Uh, growing up, he didn't really cook. He focused a lot on his career. And that didn't let us, like, get to know him too well. And, like, that's something he's working on right now. Like, he has been wanting to get closer to us. And I can give him props for that. But at the same time, I really dislike how he expects my mom to, like, do the bed in the morning, go to work, and then come back and, like, have, like, this meal prepared for him or whatever. Like, if you come, because, like, sometimes he'll come home first and he'll, like, call me. He'll be like, I'm hungry. I'm like, okay, what do you want me to do about it? Even though I like cooking, so like I kind of I'm like oh, I don't know, I like cooking, right? So I'll it's not a big deal to me unless I'm doing something. If I'm doing homework and stuff, I'll be like, okay, what do you want me to do about it? And then he'll just like he won't ask my sister. I noticed because like two days ago, I guess he doesn't think my sister has cooking ability or something, and she does because I taught her. <laughs> um, but. He would, because she asked, like, do you want me to make it? He was like, where's Sully? And then she was like, he's in a meeting because I can hear everything from my room. And then he was like, oh, it's because I'm hungry. And she's like, oh, do you want me to make it? So he was like, no, I'll make it. And then he didn't end up doing anything. He just waited. And then I was like, first of all, that's rude. Second of all, you could have just made something. There's three holes right there. Are you telling me you're like 46, 47, and you don't know how to make three holes? That's sad. My dog could probably make three holes, dad. <laughs> And it's just like, mm -mm. and that's like what I grew up with. And I was like, I will never date a man who doesn't know how to cook. Silly, I made that same promise, but for a slightly more pathetic reason. And that is, I can't cook. Um, it's not that I don't know how to. It's just that no matter how hard I try, it's not quite edible. 
I'm gonna teach you. <laughs> well, and my partner's been trying, trust me, but it's it's still pretty bad. <laughs> to eat the food or to cook it? Hmm? To, like, has, has your partner been trying to eat the food or to cook it? Oh, um, so he cooks like a lot oh, okay. like he actually loves cooking which is another problem because i don't really like doing it that much um but also i am a very distracted person so things tend to get burned or overcooked mm -hmm. or just generally be bad um but going back on topic i also kind of grew up with what you described Suli, with this expectation that the woman would kind of handle all of that sort of stuff um but it's interesting because I've definitely seen that worldview kind of shifting in my family recently. And I'm not sure if that's because of COVID or because of other factors, but. That's interesting. Sorry, I, I, I seen it. Um, I am from a small town and it's like, um, there's like a bunch of like traditional fathers with their daughters like that the girls like even at like parties you know the guys would ask girls to dance but the girls would always be sitting down you know looking pretty or this or that um but it's like my dad has always raised I think it might be due to the fact that there was two girls and then two boys and my dad always wanted boys in the beginning but it's like he raised us with really like I, I don't know if this is sexist in a way, but it's almost like he raised us as men because he wanted boys the whole time. So he's like, no, you have to learn how to do this, this and that. But in turn, it's like he also was like learning to do what would have been perceived as like feminine because he was taking care of us. So he would cook for us, he would clean for us. And then, you know, two boys came along um, and there's like a five-year gap between me. I'm the youngest of the two girls and then the first boy. There's a five-year gap, so there's like space. And so he did it all over again and he kind of just repeated the cycle. But it's like we he's never treated us any differently. And in terms of like food, that's so surprising that he doesn't, that like your dad doesn't cook slowly because it's like my dad cooks a lot. And he even goes as far as like, if no one, if not everyone is at the table, we're not eating because everyone is eating at the same time. Um, and it's like, he has this really big idea of like, I do not care if it's a girl or a guy, y'all are the same thing because both of y'all are my kids. Um, and maybe that's just a different conversation, but it's been like very equal all the time. <laughs> I don't know, like for my experience, my, I know my mom has done a pretty good job at raising us to be like pretty equal. Um, like all three of us, like, like her mom better for obvious reasons. She stayed home with us. We know her better. But, and like this Christmas, guess who's like, guess who's the parent that's getting more presents? It's not my dad. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's also, um, but my dad, like I said, like there were some things he was pretty equal on. Like he was really, he was kind of against us going out to see friends, but only until we were like 16. Or like my sister could come with me, but like I would have to like keep an eye on her. And like we all pretty much had the same curfew. My brother got to see his friends at 16. You know, it was just like, that was pretty like, okay, right? Um, like, 
in like regards to like driving that was like a bit more like different they didn't really want me to drive even though I had like a job at 16 and like my dad and mom would have to drop me off and pick me up but then like my brother's 16 right now they let him drive everywhere and then for now like it's not I can't learn because we don't have another car um but it's just kind of like that but that's just kind of like a little micro thing I feel like if I would have just like been as annoying as my brother was with uh begging them to let me drive they probably would have um but being the oldest and the girl I wasn't like that because that's not how I was raised um but yeah my dad doesn't cook he'll cook but then he'll get mad he'll put it on Facebook and be like look at what I made he'll be so dramatic I'm like oh wow you made some eggs dad with some hot sauce wow (laughs) you know I'm pretty sure my brother could make that too but wow oh just not it oh um, kind of going off the conversation of being treated like having siblings and seeing kind of the similarities. I feel like up until very, very recently, I had Isabel's experience of, you know, very everything felt very equal. Um, until recently, this past year, um, I've been in like my first kind of serious relationship. And there's definitely been a shift in my father's behavior as far as talking about, you know, oh, you know, he finds it very odd how equal my relationship is. Um, and that is so strange to me, I guess, because when he talks about how I should be behaving towards my boyfriend, it's like all that kind of respect that I saw there previously flies out the window. And I'm like, what happened? Um, so that's been very odd. Um, but yeah. It's like when it came to like day-to-day things, I felt like largely our family was equal, but there's obviously some underlying misogyny, I think, that's gone unaddressed. I like that you brought that up because that's, (laughs) it's almost embarrassing to say, but it's like, I have never wanted to bring a guy home because I'm scared that my dad will treat me differently. Yeah. Because it, it will get lost. He'll be like, you're like I, I'm scared that I am actually terrified that one day my dad will like I'll take the guy home and I won't like serve him his plate that's like a big thing apparently mm-hmm. and he'll be like you didn't do what like and, and I'd be like bro I don't serve your plate and you're my dad so why would I serve homeboy's plate over there yeah um but I, I I've never felt it from my dad I don't want to feel it that one he's like my He's my dad, you know, and he's brought me up so equally that it's like I have felt it more for my mom um, in terms of like when I was younger, she'd be like, mm, why don't you dress a little bit more feminine or like, why don't you? Oh, she would be the one who'd be like, why don't you bring a boy home? And it's like, you know, I don't need a boy. Like, it's, I want one, but I'm not bringing them home. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm scared. I, I don't know. How do you feel about it? I definitely didn't expect it, almost. Um, And I think a large part in my family is also, like, there's definitely a lot of religion that ties into that, too. Um, Because my parents are both very conservative Christians. Um, But yeah, it was was definitely an odd experience. And it it still is, to be honest, because it still comes up every now and then. It was funny because you mentioned the like the plate thing because that's almost 
exactly what happened, but kind of the reverse, because I was sitting at the table after the meal, and my boyfriend started clearing dishes. And afterwards, my father was like, you should have done that. I don't know, just odd stuff. See, that's actually something I haven't experienced. My dad, because uh, the first boyfriend I ever had, uh, I hid from my father for two years. It was just a high school thing, right? It was nothing serious. It wasn't anything serious. It was just a high school thing, right? Uh, it doesn't count. Oh, <laughs> uh, and so when he found out, he was obviously a no- he was mad, but he didn't take it out on me, because um, like he calmed down, I guess, and like he was just like, you know, I just wish you would have told me, right? And so like with most recent ex, uh, he was, uh, I told him first, because I had told my mom first, obviously, then the last one, and, like, he was, like, oh, yeah, and stuff, and, like, he was super excited to meet him, and, like, he didn't like the first one, but, like, with good reason, right, none of my parents liked the first one, like, good reason, and the second time around, they liked my, they liked ex, I don't know, the second one, uh, but then, like, when he was, like, kind of starting to fall off, my dad was definitely, like, this man's, like, no good. And I was, like, what do you mean? He was just, like, no good. And, like, he was right, right? Because <laughs> he's definitely that person that's, like, we could all be friends regardless of who you voted for, Trump or um, Biden. And I was, like, oh, I, I, I mean, one of them's endorsed by the Taliban and KKK, but, you know, I want to be friends with someone like that. Um so my father was definitely right with that. I've never been like afraid to bring someone home. I don't know. I feel like I trust the judgment of character. I was like, I think it's my family doesn't do I'm not gonna do you. I'm not gonna deal with that. And that's like could be like really shallow on my end that I don't want to deal with my parents criticizing uh, my relationship, but I'm just not gonna deal with it. I don't have the energy. I'm that's like my toxic trait. Um <laughs> if that's what you wanna say. But I don't know, like that's like nothing like in regards to like serving the plate, like my mom would do it for my dad and stuff. But like I've never been expected to like do it for like either one of the guys I dated. Um, so I don't know. That's different in my family, I guess. I don't I don't see why it matters. Like I don't I don't get it is a thing. Maybe it's it's not even a thing of like respect because I don't know. It's like I have never gotten it. Yeah. I feel like my parents always try to, because it's not just my father, you know, I also get this from my mother. Um, but I feel like it's often tr- explained away as just tradition, you know, or you wouldn't get it because you're younger type thing. Oh, uh, in regards to like what Isabel said about uh, mothers kind of pushing like a fen- uh, more feminine um, lifestyle on us, I know like in my regard, it was because uh, I have an older primo hermano who's lived with me for like two years. And like as a kid, I guess I saw him as a god or whatever. He's obviously a boy. He didn't wear dresses. He did let me paint his nails once when we were younger. So that was fine. And so I didn't want to be, you know, internalized misogyny. I didn't want to be associated with anything. Uh, Like, well into maybe until I was, like, 15. Because, like, at my 15, I didn't want to wear a dress. And I was, like, I changed out of that, like, immediately. Uh, So, like, until I was about, like, 15, I had, like, really internalized misogyny. And my mom would kind of be like, oh, well, why don't you do this? And why don't you do that? And I found it really annoying at first. But then it's, like, 
I guess when I was like 16, I just kind of started realizing, I was like, well, why am I doing this? I was like, yeah. And like, I know that's something like my sister also struggled with until recently too. Um, just because, you know, it's different for Isabel, right? It's because like, is it not different for you? No, no, yes, because I... Uh, like, yeah, it's just different for Isabel because I feel like, you know, you're just like, that's what, like, you're not into certain things. But, like, for me, I was like, I would purposely go out of my way to avoid them. It's not like I wouldn't even, like, give it a chance and stuff. It's like, I, well, I still don't like the color pink because I'm more of, like, a cool color person. It's like, oh, yeah, I would say, like, pink was, like, the bane of my existence and stuff. And, like, just stuff that didn't really make any sense. And I was like, uh, yeah. I feel like maybe I'm somewhere in the middle between y'all because... I definitely had the internalized misogyny as to wanting to avoid like pink things and cute things and you know the stereotypical girl things um and as I've gotten older I've realized how ridiculous it is to kind of deprive myself of things I like just because they fit a stereotype you know um but at the same time there are things that haven't changed and a large part of that is like how I dress like I was never super feminine and even now that doesn't quite feel right when it comes to dressing um but it's just like learning to let myself you know embrace the things that i do like and yeah yeah i definitely relate to that experience of avoiding actively avoiding things because i didn't want to seem girly isabel is there something on I'm, your mind <laughs> i'm thinking it's just like i I didn't realize it's like for me it's not that I I don't know how to explain it okay let me try let me give it a shot it's more of like I like to feel good about whatever I like and it's never been about like okay there's like this in between where it's like do you want to do it because you want people to think you're pretty, right? Because of the thing of like, your mom's like, be more feminine, be more, you know, dressy, this, that, like be more, um, what's this thing that girls, there's, uh, it's like a, like a vulnerable thing. Like it's cute to some people. Um, and I've never liked that. And it's not that I don't like the style or that, but it's like, um, it's like this in between of like, do you want to be, like powerful or do you want to be pretty and it's like no I want to be in the middle I want to be both um so I get what y'all are saying and it's like I I, I know what you mean and then I like it's like why deprive yourself of either or um I just know that I lean a little bit more of like sometimes I'm like oh I don't care what I look like today like I'm getting stuff done today like uh, don't even look at me uh it's all about work and sometimes I'm like uh, I could take a little bit of time uh, so it's like this like line that you have to like, but it shouldn't be there. Um, like I shouldn't have to measure it, um, but I do. <laughs> I do it all the time. Um, and I don't know, I think that is the, that's still internalized uh, misogyny. Um, I don't know if I can overcome it right now. <laughs> Just cause it's like, you know, I don't know. It's a hard, it's a hard line to kind of like erase. Um, yeah, it is kind of hard, especially since, like, society is like, oh, you can't lean too much one way or too much the other, and, like, they just kind of, like, figure it out and stuff. Um, it's, like, also, like, kind of, like, what you were saying is, but sometimes I'll dress, like, 
I would say like kind of like a guy, but then like sometimes I want to just like more find him and uh, I can't say that word for some reason now. Uh, but sometimes like I'll just it's like more girly than usual and it's just kind of like it's whatever. Uh, because even though we're in quarantine, I still like to dress up sometimes. Except for today, because I'm not a morning person. <laughs> Same. I, I'm definitely one of those people who has kind of just let it go in quarantine because I'm, you know, I'm wearing pajamas all day and then I just change into different pajamas in the afternoon. Um, <laughs> but I, I see what you mean, Silly, as far as for me, it's been finding people who aren't going to question if I wear, you know, a suit one day and a dress the next, you know, um, and just learning that both of those are valid as long as I'm doing what makes me feel happy and comfortable in the moment. Yeah, I, I like that. I like that y'all are saying that. And it's like, for me, the, the, the like the, the articles of clothing to me, I've never seen it as like feminine or masculine. Cause I, I don't care what my mom says. Nothing can be like, just cause I'm wearing a skirt or whatever, which I, I don't, I'm not a fan of skirts. To me, it was more of like, and this is, this might touch on some other stuff, but it's like, to me, it was about like revealing skin. So I used to be like, nope, cover it up, cover it up. And then it's like, now I'll just like, it's like, who cares? No one is looking. Uh, and if they are, you know, that's their business more than mine. Because um, I feel comfortable. Like, I like, I like what are they crop tops i will go out of my way and cut them i I like tank tops i don't know and before it would be something that i was very like aware of of like oh like no i can't show my shoulders or whatever but yeah it's been less about like feminine clothes and more of like the revealing uh no yeah like i totally feel like like i know I mean, I'm just 19, right? So, like, five years ago, I was 14. Um, <laughs> and uh, I was also, like, I would wear, like, really big sweaters and stuff. I was, like, oh, yeah, you know, just, like, because, A, I was in that phase where it's, like, I don't really care. I'm going to, like, go to school like this. Uh, and, B, it was just kind of, like, oh, yeah, it's whatever. And then I think when I was, like, 16 or 17, uh, I, I, like, started wearing a tank top because, like, my mom wears them around the house and, you know, mom's like the best person in the world and so I was like oh yeah I'm gonna wear one right and so I wasn't told anything uh but then like when I turned 18 I guess is like when the first time like I like my mom told me like to pull to pull it up some more and I was like this is how like I always worn it I was like why is it an issue now like has she like always told me this or like did she just tell me recently and like it was just like a big uh thing for me I was like super confused on why um she told me and like to this day I still don't know um but I mean I guess that's a thing yeah for sure I have I don't know um I tend to dress like in super I guess baggy clothing um and that's just what I'm comfortable with I don't actually like showing a whole lot of skin just for kind of personal reasons but my sister loves you know like crop tops and short skirts and she has some like super cute outfits but it's kind of hilarious to me because my mother doesn't know how to heal 
to deal with either of our styles, you know. For me, it's always, oh, you need to dress more feminine. Why aren't you wearing a dress? You know, you're so covered up. And then for my sister, it's like, oh, you need to pull that skirt down more or, you know, wear longer pants or whatever. And it's kind of like, what, you know, what do you want? Why can't we just both wear what makes us comfortable? I I like that because it's almost like an act of resistance. It's like, we are who we are. And it's like, you, you're not going to change it. You know, you're still going to wear whatever you want to wear. Yeah, it's um, like some people just can't fit into the, the box that society says we should be in. And but with that thing, too, it's like, it's okay if you're like, I like, especially with like TikTok, it's like there's this pressure also to like dress cooler mm-hmm. almost. And it's like, no, just be comfortable. Like, dress how you want to dress. And it's like, people will be attracted to the confidence that you give off when you're wearing what you want to wear. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. You know, speaking of confidence, this is kind of off topic. But um, I have learned that I learned, like, really early on, like, in maybe when I was 14, that people like confidence and that's what they were like really attracted to because in middle school, I had a friend who was gay and I didn't know this because he didn't tell me. And I was like, oh yeah, well, he's not, he didn't, you know, he's not out. He wasn't out, right? But everybody (laughs) knew he was, except for me. This, but in my defense, how was I supposed to know? This man had like seven different girlfriends, like, he could date like he could literally be like oh yeah she's in my line she's in my line like they would all break up with their boyfriends for him because he had really high confidence right and then I was like oh man he's just dating all of my friends so I was like this is weird like girls would fight over him and they knew he was gay because in high school they're like oh yeah but like did you see how confident he was and I was like ma'am this is why I didn't think he was gay until he told me um (laughs) But, like, that was crazy, and I was like, oh, yeah, people are definitely attracted to confidence, because, like, this man could, like, literally, like, he stole so many people's girlfriends. I was like, no, this is not okay. <laughs> it just, mm-mm. I was like, this, I don't know, because I thought that's why guys would call him, like, gay and stuff, because he would, like, get with their girlfriends. I was like, oh, yeah, they're using it as an insult or whatever. And then I was like, and then he was like, oh, no, like, I'm actually gay. You're, like, the only person who, I guess, didn't connect the dots. I was like, how was I supposed to know? But anyway, that's my little rant. I, I kind of love that story. That's There's something very funny to me about about just a super confident gay guy stealing everyone else's girlfriends. Right, and he doesn't even want them. <laughs> that was crazy. Or he's just doing it to see if he can. Uh, that brings that's more of an ethical type of, <laughs> yeah. we could have a whole philosophical debate about <laughs> girlfriend stealing um no. oh so how did how is your family reacting to COVID like I know like some of my like my immediate family like they're like super serious about it like because especially this is my grandma's like kind of older they're like oh yeah protect grandma at all costs 
But then, like, my extended family, they're like, oh, yeah, it's not real. And then, like, all of my dad's siblings who said it was real, they got COVID. And then real fast, they were like, it's totally real. I was like, oh, I wonder why, Theo. I thought it wasn't real. I feel like in my immediate family, it's, like, there's definitely a serious respect for the situation. Um, you know, it's like we follow all the safety practices as far as wearing masks and avoiding people and washing our hands and all that stuff. But at the same time, there's kind of this cynicism almost that we're like screwed anyway, because um, we all work outside of the home. You know, I work at a grocery store. My brother works at Home Depot. Like we're out of the house in situations where sometimes the safety protocols are kind of really hard to follow. Um, so there's, yeah, I feel like it's definitely this weird kind of, yeah, we're doing everything we can to be safe, but still feeling like we're not just because of what we have to do to make money, really. I feel like I, me individually, I'm more privileged than most because I get to be on my own. But with that, I feel like I have two younger brothers and they're still with my parents. And since my parents do work outside, um, outside of the home, um, um, I feel like my younger brothers get the bulk of the stress because my sister and I don't live at home. And it's like, if we feel like we're gonna be a threat to my parents, we're, I mean, we haven't really gone. I've gone home once, twice um, to see them. But with that being said, it's like, my brothers have to make up the bulk of like cleaning and um if they get home late you know just like cooking um so it's like it feels bad because it's like maybe i should be home and helping um it feels selfish almost um to not help them but they're like we get it you you're doing your own thing and it's like that's where the equal thing comes in where it's like we can't you know we can't control what you're doing like you have to do your own thing because that's your life so it's 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 very nice that they're there for me even like with space um but it feels selfish nonetheless i guess oh yeah like uh this is kind of like away from covid but like in regard i like i said like feel selfish that's definitely something I struggle with too like because like, you know I have like college stuff to do and so I'll like be working on it like I'll have class like until like four sometimes and then I'll be working my assignments throughout the day but then my mom and dad get home and then it's like my dad usually stays outside with like the dogs right now we're making a dog house for them and my mom stays inside and she just relaxes and it's like oh well I do want to see my dad but at the same time I do want to see my mom and it's like I feel really selfish like picking one over the other like no matter who I pick the other one's just going to be upset and it's not like that but that's just like something I deal with like because I don't know like my siblings don't have this problem they'll just stay in their room all day but like for me it's like oh well do I want to be with my mom or be with my dad right now I haven't seen them all day and it's like if I go outside with my dad um then who's gonna help my mom like inside just like talk I was like but if I stay inside with my mom, then my dad's going to feel lonely. And then it's just like, I don't know who to pick. It's so weird. I, I hate this time. And I, I don't know how. 
I feel like that is one of the things that I'm really glad that I found people like you guys because it's like I can say these things without feeling uncomfortable because it's like before it used to be like I used to go home every weekend um because I I just I enjoy being with my parents I, I I know some people don't I know some people don't have that relationship um and I'm so sorry for people that like like I don't not out of pity but it's like it is a relationship you do want to have um but it's like you're at this age where it's like you finally are getting to understand them but then it's like society's like nope you gotta grow into your own stuff as well and it's like which which one like do i take care of you now or later and it's just this big gap of like you know it's an age where they're still young enough that you can do stuff with them and you're old enough that you're like okay let's do it um but you can't because it's college uh i mean i guess you could but it's like it takes work uh yeah it's hard I still live at home, so I don't think I've really quite experienced that yet, but I can kind of see how once I, once you move out, it can be tough to balance like personal things with going back home. Yeah, I know. My freshman year, I would go home every other weekend, um, and Nayeli would always make fun of me for it. She was like, oh yeah, I did that my freshman year too. And I was like, I hate to break it to you, but I'm going to do that my sophomore year, too. <laughs> and I stayed home, and I'm going to stay home next semester, too. Uh, but, like, I don't know. I also like being at home. Like, as they'll say, like, my dogs are over here. My mom's over here. My dad's over here. Uh, just, like, my grandma's over here. And, like, I feel like, I know, like, COVID's, like, COVID's kind of been, like, this thing where it's, like, oh, yeah, I get to spend more time with them than I would have otherwise. The only thing is, uh, you know, we should have had COVID kind of controlled already instead yeah. of it spiraling to this. Because then you have your deals on Facebook posting, it's not real fake news. <laughs> I'm like, Theo, shut up, because you're next. This is, this is the way COVID works. <laughs> it is, it is like I know it's wrong and I should feel this way but that kind of like petty satisfaction of told you so when someone who doesn't believe in it gets it and yeah <laughs> I definitely see that in a lot of like my parents friends and stuff I don't think I've known that many people that have gotten it which I don't know what that says about my social life or like maybe i'm just hanging out with really smart people um i don't know um i i try to take it very i don't go out i go out once a day and that's to get exercise <laughs> um it is so stressing because it's like it feels like i'm the crazy one almost for still taking it seriously and people are like posting pictures of like going out to eat and this and that and it's like I thought we were still in a pandemic. Um. I totally feel that. I just, I went to campus the other day for the first time since everything started pretty much. Um, 
and like there were definitely people you know keeping their distance and wearing masks and all that but there were a lot of people who weren't who were just acting like everything was normal it was just kind of mind-boggling i think it'll get to a point where i don't know i feel like i think cases are rising again and if they continue to rise people are gonna like you know with the halt i feel like with the holidays and cases rising people are going to take it seriously again but i'm getting tired of the like roller coaster of up and down it's like just take it seriously for a good period of time so we can get this at least a little bit resolved but it's like your personal like gain of like having a little bit of entertainment for a little bit but that's useless like just just stay home yeah i think i found the news that texas hit a million COVID cases like it's the first state to do so and it's like it's because of people like you theo even though you're in mexico <laughs> it feels like people are just being like selfish they're like well it's not gonna affect me because like i'm young i was like have you been paying attention to the news it will affect you and it's like we don't even know like if it's like i don't know like the chicken pox it can come back with shingles and stuff like we don't know and then y'all are gonna be like 60 and then you're gonna get it again and then you're gonna you know just pass and it's like let's say i told so even though you can't hear me I think a lot of young people hear that they have a good chance of surviving it and are just like, oh, we'll be fine. But if you actually read the articles and the studies and what's happened, it's like you can be very young and in very good health and still end up with like permanent lung damage from it. Like it's not like you'll come out completely unscarred. And then we know that our generation is notorious for uh vaping too so it's not like you're actually healthy like let's not pretend here just because you're skinny doesn't mean you're healthy i see it going out every day (laughs) i feel like vaping was so bad on on campus like last spring when i was there and the last fall just people walking around in little clouds of smoke it drove me crazy because that stuff smells really bad and then they would like walk with it and they'd like it'd like carry on into your space. Yeah. It was always like the skater guys or something. Y'all know y'all know the look. Just if you're listening, it's like you can imagine it. I have this theory that maybe that like forty years from now they're gonna do like a test on people who didn't get COVID. And I'm trying to be one of those people. Just like test me. I'm clean. Do you think your mental health is okay right now, though? Well, since oh, y'all are okay, y'all are home though. So yeah, give me the honest truth, because I know it's a different experience here. Do you think y'all are like doing better than y'all would on y'all's own, or is it still hard? Um, I know, like from my experience, I feel like I'm actually doing better at home, just because, um, not because like. Um, I have to be with like my parents the whole time but because I get to know the family drama like more so than I would like every two weeks and like it's just kind of like a good break to like it's like a good way to humanize yourself again be like oh yeah we're just people at least I'm not like Tio Julanito over here um doing x y and z 
Uh, so I actually think like I'm doing better than I would like on campus. I can't really say for sure because I've never not lived at home. Um, and at the beginning of everything, I definitely struggled. Like I had a hard time sleeping. I had a lot of anxiety. Um, but I think even, you know, obviously being with my family is, is wonderful because I have a pretty good relationship with everyone. But I think the thing that's helped me the most has actually been my dog because I have to get up every morning and take care of her, you know, and that's what keeps me motivated and keeps me kind of on schedule. So it's like, I have to feed her at a certain time. I have to make sure she gets walked, you know, all of these things. I feel like taking care of something else or someone else is one of the best ways to kind of take care of your own mental health. That's interesting. I can't have a pet because <laughs> that's <laughs> um, more so because it is that I'm not that person. I can't do well taking care of other people right now, at least right now. Um, or animals. Um, I do feel I'm more productive, but I will say mentally, it's like, it is a little draining. Yeah. But productivity levels, we're, we're getting there. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. For me, it's just like the thought of when will it end and feeling like it's not going to, you know? that's when I really start spiraling because it's yeah it's like fine in the moments but then I think of all these things that I wanted to do you know this year or next year that probably just won't happen do you feel like any of y'all's like long-term plans have changed I like have had like a whole 180 of like last year I was already like oh I'm gonna do graduate school and now I'm like, mm, probably not. Like, like life is too short. Why am I going to spend the rest of my life? Not the rest of my life. But like of my younger life, you know, in school. And then another pandemic hits. It's like, bro, like all I did was go to school. <laughs> um, so I don't know. Do you guys think anything is going to change in the long term for y'all? Um, I don't think so. Just because it's like, let me, like, I want to go to law school and like during the pandemic, like I've been thinking about it more and like, it's just kind of like, do I really want to do this? And like, the answer is like, yeah, uh, there's something I really want to do. So like, that's like kind of my goal. Um, Ideally, like, I know people are like, you should take a gap year. Ideally, I want to go like just straight in Um, because it's kind of like the opposite. It's like, oh yeah, life's too short. So I just want to like get it out of the way and like get it done instead of like, waiting around the year like ideally you know I don't think any of my long-term plans have changed either but I do find myself wondering a lot what would be different if this weren't going on you know it's like would I have taken advantage of different opportunities um if I weren't stuck you know in the house because of COVID and I don't know Um, just kind of like a random question, but like, would y'all go on a COVID date with someone? Like, you know, it's like during COVID and y'all go on a date. 
I mean, Andrena, you have a boyfriend. So I, I, I guess do you have a boyfriend. Um, yeah. No. Um, he and I actually work together on the weekends. So there's that. And then we have a lot of like video calls and voice chat and that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I don't think I would, if I were single, I definitely don't think now would be the time to try to meet someone. <laughs> but I've definitely seen that there are people out there who are still like trying to meet someone new or go on dates or, you know. Isabel just pointed at herself for those of y'all just listening. <laughs> the single really popped off on this one. Um, I honestly, I would, but like on an outdoorsy thing, oh. like I would be like, okay, look, I've tried the dating. I just deleted it like two days ago. I keep downloading it and deleting it because it's like, what am I doing? Like, I don't, it's out of boredom. Like, let's be honest with ourselves. I just want like an ego boost. And because it's like, I know nothing serious is going to come of it. I mean, I know it could, I know it's happened, but just like with this pandemic and like people, I know other people are bored. I'm not the only one who's bored. Um, it's like, yeah, I'd go on a date. It would be a safe one. But like it okay, <laughs> I was talking to Sully about like um horoscopes and stuff. I'm a Capricorn, so to me that would be useless. It's useless. There's like nothing coming out of going on a date that you know is going nowhere in the future. That's my take on that one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I do like the idea of the outdoor dating, though, because I've seen like a lot of posts of people going on like picnics and stuff, and that's super cute. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I see where Sorry. you come from with the boredom, though, because, man, it's... Yeah. I can't imagine also living on campus. That's probably also... Yeah. I'm off campus, so... Uh. It's not that terrible. It makes you, it gives you like this feeling of like, oh, you still have a little bit of like yeah. control in your life. Um, but yeah, on campus must be rough. We should have gotten someone from campus as well. We were getting ideas as we we're talking. So you didn't answer. <laughs> it's because I, this is probably the mistake I've made in the past two relationships, but I don't like dating someone if I don't, if I'm not friends with them at first, which is probably a mistake on my, I mean, it's failed twice, really bad. So there's obviously something wrong. Maybe I'm just friends with bad people. Um, <laughs> so I wouldn't go on a date just because I don't like just like meeting up with someone I've never talked to before because I'm very much, this person's a serial killer. Um, <laughs> I have to be friends with them at first, or at least uh, my like, like y'all have to be like really good friends with them. Like if y'all introduce me to someone, y'all have to be like really good friends with them. Otherwise, I will not give them time day. I feel like that's totally, totally valid. It's different for everyone, but I don't know. I don't have a lot of experience because, like I said, this is my first like serious relationship. 
and we knew each other for maybe two years before we started dating not like super close but you know we at least knew each other um so yeah i get what you mean i'm not sure i'd be comfortable like going out with a total stranger actually i take that back i wasn't friends with the first one he just kept bothering me yeah I think in terms of dating a, like a total stranger, I guess, it's like you could really just like just go in 100 percent as weird as you want. You can mess it up as many times as you want. I guess that would... like, if they're into it, they're into it. Yeah. <laughs> and if they're not, it's like peace. You know, this didn't happen. I can see the kind of pro of that, because if it doesn't work out, then you don't have to deal with kind of the awkwardness with it being a person you've known before i don't know yeah i don't know i just feel i'm very much of a just like things are going to get awkward if you let it be awkward i've like had some of my friends like me and it's not necessarily the same way i'm not trying to brag it's just like the more time you spend with someone the more like the more it makes sense you like them and two girls um in the the circle or whatever so it's just like the more time you spend time with someone the more you like like them and stuff or like that's what i believe anyway and um i don't know like it was like we were friends after we're not friends anymore we were friends after the fact we're not friends for separate reasons all of them but you know it was never because um of like feelings and stuff yeah. i unfortunately i guess kind of had a different experience with two people who were friends that I went out with briefly for, you know, separately, obviously, but um, afterwards, the friendship was just like never the same. Um, but yeah, that might have been, I think that was because we let it be awkward, like you said. Um, yeah. I think it's a good like social experiment. I, I feel like I get tougher skin whenever it's like, you're dating someone and then and then it doesn't go anywhere you kind of like get your like metaphorical bag and you're like okay let's move on to the next one um because like in a way like helps you deal with like rejection so it's like sometimes i'll get like a rejection from like an employer or something and it's like mm, you know it don't hurt that bad i've had worse um, We kind of started talking about relationships, and that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> right, we started with the uh, Latinidad, and then... I mean, I guess it kind of tied in, right? Because Andrena, you and Andrena were talking about, oh, y'all are afraid to bring a guy home sometimes. And then I was like, yeah, that's not really my cup of tea. I mean, that's not really my problem, not my cup of tea. <laughs> um, I can't talk today. It's the morning. <laughs> and this concludes our first episode of Max Podcast, El Chisme. Andreana and I have decided to release about these about twice a month. Um, so once again, MAC is a Latine organization at the University of Texas at Austin. Uh, we meet on Tuesdays from 6 to 7. So if, you're, if you're in a UT student and have any questions, DM us on Instagram at UTexasMAC. <laughs>